give up on yourself. You can do it. Uh, you really can. I did it. I went through a lot of really, really hard times and I came out the other end and I almost gave up so many times, but I'm so glad I persevered. Now, I will say that entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Now, saying you can do it, it doesn't mean go start a business. It could mean quit your job and go after the job you want or change your industry completely or take that vacation you've been scared to take, whatever. If there's something that you know, you're really scared to do, don't be afraid to go for it because you can do it. Are you searching for your ideal career, fed up of your daily grind, or simply want to hear some inspiring stories? Then you've come to the right place because it's time to do a job you love. It's time to get work savvy. Welcome to episode 35 of the Get Work Savvy podcast, the show that aims to provide you with tips, tricks and ideas to help you find or create a job that you're passionate about. If you're new to the show, then hi, my name's Liam. I'm an e-product manager working for a national training provider in the UK. And I can relate to your situation if you're currently in a job that you're not satisfied with or whether you're simply lost on where it is that you want to go career-wise. Having gone through that process myself, I know it can seem that sometimes there's no light at the end of the tunnel. So the aim of this show is to provide you with insights, tips, tricks and ideas from those who have already done it. And this week's no different. As you've just heard in the intro, this week's guest is an entrepreneur and has successfully started her own company which may be something that you aspire to, but as she mentioned, it isn't the only way that you can get work savvy. Something else you might have picked up on is the audio quality having a little bit of distortion. This is down to the fact that Amanda's working environment was quite noisy and the microphone that she had just picked that up, unfortunately. So do apologise about that, but do listen in because Amanda does share with us a fascinating insight on how she found where it is that she is today and also how she overcomes some challenges on her journey. Let's hear firstly about what exactly it is that Amanda does, and then we can look at some key tips that she shares with us that you'll be able to use on your journey. I actually own a company called Like A Voss Social Media. Uh, we are based in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, and we've been in business for about five years. And what we do is offer organic social media management to businesses, brands and even influencers if they so choose. So we take social media off your plate so that you can do what you do best, whether you're a maker or a comedian or a musician or you're a CEO of a business, uh, save you some time so you can focus on other things that you might not um, have time for if you're using it to run your social media accounts. And we are now a team of, well, yesterday we were a team of four. <laughs> and then uh, one of my employees um, is left to pursue a job in Toronto. She really wanted to live in the big city. So now we're down to a team of three, but just goes to show five years and now I have people working for me, which is pretty cool. So how awesome is that, that Amanda was able to grow her business from something she started off just doing because she was interested in it and was able to help the company that she originally worked at but then how she also was able to grow that from a one-man band, as it were, into that company where she's actually employing other people. Something she shares with us in the main interview, which will be available at a later date, is one of her biggest challenges, and that being something called imposter syndrome or the lack of confidence in yourself. Amanda will explain this in a little bit more detail if you're unaware of what this is exactly, but I'm sure it's something that many of us can relate to, especially if you're starting off a project, a business, or simply trying to deviate from the path that you currently run. 
often we have those thoughts of not being good enough or not being able to do what it is we would love to do ultimately. It's something that Amanda has found a way around and it's something that you might have to find a way around as well. Just know that it's not only you that has these thoughts. It's something that I've felt and sometimes still do feel, especially in situations where I'm a little bit unfamiliar or where I'm being asked to give my advice and guidance because sometimes I think, who am I to be telling people about what it is they're meant to be doing? But enough about me. Let's hear about Amanda's experience of this and hopefully it can give you some form of help in realising that it's not just you. If sometimes you do have those thoughts and sometimes you do think, I'm not good enough. I would say imposter syndrome. So I don't know if you know that term, but I'll explain it. So basically the idea implanted in your brain that you are not good enough to be where you are and that you are faking your way through things and that you do not deserve what you've accomplished. I have had that as a barrier the entire time. I'll sign a client and think, oh my God, why did they sign with me? I'm, I'm nobody. I'm not good enough for this. And it actually took me quite a long time to get over that. That had was my biggest roadblock because I would not go after a client because I thought that they were, I was not good enough. Or I didn't try to interview staff because I didn't think that I would be a good boss. Or I was scared to do a presentation at the college because I didn't think that I knew enough to be teaching or I didn't have the right to be teaching anyone. And those are all things that I've done over the past few years. And now I'm pretty confident and I know that I know what I'm doing. And then also enough people have told me that I'm amazing and that I know what I'm doing, that it's killed that little voice inside me saying, you're not enough, you're faking it. So that 100% has been my biggest challenge over the years. Something that we discussed later on was what tips or advice Amanda could give others especially if they were looking to show how keen they were to get a job role potentially as an intern in her organization or to seek the advice of perhaps some peers or even if you're put into a situation where you're with those people that make you feel like you have that imposter syndrome and I love Amanda's response which we'll listen to now yeah people love questions I I interview the interns before they come in and the ones that I take are always the one that asks me the most questions. Like this one girl, I swear, she probably had a list of like 30 things she wanted to ask me. And they were all really insightful. And some of them I didn't even have answers for. I, I looked at her and said, I have never thought about that. What a great question. Can you email me this? And I will think about it and get back to you because no one has ever asked me this before. So never be afraid to ask questions. Never be afraid to reach out to that person that you think is above you. You know, don't fall victim to the imposter syndrome. People love sharing with other people as long as, honestly, they're nice. Luckily, I've run into mostly very nice people in my travels. I consider myself, myself to be a nice person, so. <laughs> and Amanda's absolutely right there. Nine times out of ten, you're going to come across, hopefully, those nicer people. And I love Amanda's honesty there about, when she's asked those questions that puts her in a bit of a situation where she can't give an answer immediately. If you think about Amanda being an expert and if she can't answer a question, how you can relate to that and how you aren't expected to know absolutely everything about everything. 
So if it is that you're put into one of those situations, you're thinking, oh, I'm a little, feel a little bit out of place here. Don't always feel that you need to be able to give an answer to everything. And sometimes saying, I'll get back to you is okay. Amanda goes on to explain how this also affected her business at the start, how she would position her company based on her competition and not necessarily about the value that she could offer her clients using the confidence of the quality that she could provide. And it's something that you should consider, especially if you're creating a product or you're providing a service that you know is taking you hours and hours and hours. You need to be able to put a reasonable value on your time and service or not necessarily work for free or worse, lose money on whatever it is that you're doing for a long period of time. And think of it in this way that if you start off with a client and you start off at a really low price, then it's going to be really hard for you to convince them to increase the price that you've already agreed. If you're charging somebody a really low price, does that give them the confidence that they're going to get the quality that they're expecting? We often associate paying for what you get. And if somebody was to come in and offer you a brand new car, perhaps it's a new Tesla-like vehicle, and they offered it to you at a couple of hundred pounds, how confident would you be that it's actually going to work properly and you're going to get what it is that you need out of that vehicle? Probably not very confident at all. Let's hear about Amanda's real-life example of this and how she was able to change her mindset on this and grow her business to get loyal customers paying her for the value that she provides. My pricing was low. I was going on priced uh, competitive pricing rather than valuing myself because I was still a newbie. I was what they call green in the industry. So, you know, I can't ask you for a thousand bucks a month if I've been in business for three days. So I didn't, I did need to supplement that, but I did work with some really cool clients. And then through that um, woman who gave me that hourly position, I worked with all of her clients, which got me a lot of connections. And then it kind of snowballed from that point. Years later, I'm still 75% referral based. I do not spend a single dollar on advertising, uh, but I do put my own man hours. So like me personally doing a little bit of lead, genera uh, lead generation. So reaching out to companies that I would like to work with and trying to sell them on our services. So as we heard there, Amanda started off with that lower price, she was able to build up some of her confidence, gain a client who could see the value that she was providing, and then from there on has been relying mostly on referrals, which is awesome, and hopefully it's something that you can replicate if you are going into that world of entrepreneurship. Something else Amanda talks about is how she's changed her mindset of being just a startup working from home into actually going and creating a business space and a particular space where she goes every day to do her work. I found this really interesting, especially because I work at home. And if you are starting up your own project or you are a home worker, I think that you'll also take some value from what Amanda shares with us here. Anyway, I'm in a co-working space. So it's a shared working environment where I think in this building there's about 30 different businesses that each have single offices so it's a cost-effective way for small business owners to rent a space and get out of their house and have a professional place to bring potential clients to and hold meetings so I've been here for about a year and a half and even that was you know a pipe dream for me when I started and I remember 
about a year before I rented the space, I had put something on Instagram and I had taken a screenshot of their website saying, oh, I wish I could have a co-working space. And then one year later, I was having a meeting and signing a lease to get in here, which is really, really cool. Like that was my biggest accomplishment. And I was really, really proud of myself. And it made a huge difference in just my lifestyle in general as a business owner. I then asked Amanda to share a bit of her experience about working at home because I know it's something that I struggled with to start with, but found my my balance with that. Um, and again, if you aren't currently working at home, but are thinking about doing something, this is a great insight into what that could look like for you. <laughs> so I think it depends on uh, who you are as a person and how many hobbies you have. So I am type A, I am slightly OCD, and I love to cook and bake and craft and play music and watch Netflix like everybody else. Uh, so when I was working at home, I found that my hours weren't structured. So I would wake up at five, go to the gym, come home, leisurely make breakfast, do the dishes, do an hour of work, get distracted by laundry, do a load of laundry go back to the computer for an hour, get a phone call, talk on the phone. Um, my Sometimes my friends would drop their children off if they were sick, like I was at daycare because, oh, well, you work from home. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm not working. Uh, so the respect level also increases. So now when I'm in the office, I'm in the office. I don't have any of those at-home distractions that I did before. So I work, you know, eight to four, eight to five, sometimes nine to three, depending on my schedule. Uh, but when I'm at work, I'm focused on work. There is nothing else. And then when I'm at home, I can truly enjoy my time at home and not feel like I need to be on the computer. So actually, um, earlier this year, I don't even bring my laptop home. I have my phone. But on Slack and all of our internal communication tools, I say, okay, I am now leaving the office. If it's an emergency, you can send me a message on Slack, but I will not have access to any of my files. My computer is in the office. So as soon as I leave here, I do not work in the evening. And that was a really big shift for the business also because social media is 24 hours and you can be answering stuff all the time. But I found that, you know, having a strict rule with your clients that, you know, I need a life. I am not available to you 24 seven. Please respect that these are my business hours. And I've gotten a lot of respect by putting up those boundaries for clients over the past about six months. One of the other tricks uh, is do not disturb. So my phone goes on do not disturb at 7 p.m. every night and does not go off of it until 7 a.m. the following morning. And those are that's my me time. Before 7, if someone sends me a text, I may answer it. But the only person that has a bypass is my boyfriend. And like, I don't talk to any of my friends either. Like that is my time. That's my music time. That's my writing in my journal time. I don't want to be answering the phone. I don't need to text. And that's personal and work. Uh, having those boundaries is very important just for, you know, your own self-care time. Now I'm not a parent and I'm in a long distance relationship. So there are some things obviously that are a little bit different if you are a parent living with a spouse, but for me, somebody that's living alone that likes my me time that's that was a big thing like do not disturb 7 p.m to 7 a.m that means i can get my nine hours yes nine hours of sleep plus a couple hours of personal time i know some of those things is certainly something i can relate to with working at home having people assume that you're available for them to take in parcels or to drop the kids off as amanda's experience was there or cook dinner for your other half or whatever it happens to be 
it is tricky, especially if people know that you're at home, but you're meant to be working. How do you have that work life balance and how do you split off work from from your home life? I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether you find that interesting, whether you work at home, whether you got aspirations to do so and whether that was a surprise. By all means, drop us a comment on Facebook or Twitter by searching for Get Work Savvy. Something else that intrigued me with Amanda's story as well is what was her why for for doing this and you know what does she get out of it and and why has she pursued this career which again I found particularly interesting and I think it's something that you've really got to figure out for yourself to help you find a way to get work savvy and find that job that you're truly passionate about because like Amanda if you've got that greater purpose if you've got that driving reason then you're going to work even harder to get to where you want to be at the beginning it was simply because i enjoyed being on social media so i was younger and i spent way more time on it than i do now Uh, my why at this point is being able to save my clients the headache of guessing their way through things and freeing up time for them to spend doing what they want to do. So maybe, you know, they previously did not have a do not disturb at 7 p.m. because they needed to go and run their bakery all day and then go home and do their content plan for social media for the next month after the bakery's closed. Well, here I am coming in to save the day and they outsource to me and all of a sudden they've won back two hours a day of their time that they can use doing something that they love or repurpose it into another element of the business that requires a little bit more of their attention. So it's, it's not uh, so much about the actual social media itself, more about the value that we as a company provide entrepreneurs in that allows them to have more self-care and do what they want with their time rather than stressing about social. And that's the number one thing that my clients say is a pain point. I don't get it. It's so stressful. It frustrates me. I don't know what to post. And then I just come in and I say, okay, just wipe all this away and never have these worries again. And it's a huge game changer for the people that have hired us for sure. So thanks once again for Amanda for appearing on the show. You can find links to Amanda's profiles in the show notes. I hope you've learned a little bit more about what Amanda does in regards to social media management, how she found a way to get work savvy, and I hope that's inspired you and given you some ideas on how you can do that, especially if you're thinking about working from home or have that imposter syndrome. If you have liked the show, I'd love for you to subscribe so you're updated with new episodes every single Monday. If possible, to leave a rate and review because it really does help the show. But mainly, hopefully, it's given you a way to find or create a way to get paid for your passion. Until next week, take care and I'll speak to you soon.